are listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. We are talking about the third episode of Killjoys Season 4, entitled Broad Trip. While we will talk about anything and everything from that episode and everything up to that episode, there will not be any spoilers for future episodes because we know nothing. So let's get started with our reviews. I thought this episode had some good stuff in it, but for me, it didn't gel quite as well as the previous two episodes did because we had three storylines going on in this episode rather than just like two. And it just didn't feel like the Johnny and Davin and especially the Delsea storyline really had enough space to build dramatic tension for me. But I will say there were elements of each storyline that I liked a lot. So it was a pretty good episode. It just, it just didn't quite click for me as well as the previous two had. So, But that's what I'm going to say at this point, because I don't want to... If I gush too much at this point, it'll just get redundant. So, Annie, what did you think? I thought this was another pretty good episode. Yeah, I think it left a lot of questions about what's going to go on in future episodes. There was a lot of stuff... Uh, left unanswered, but it was pretty entertaining because it really made me worry about Johnny and because Holland Johnny, he has his humorous moments, but also I'm just worried. And Delsea, she's, God, she's so much fun in this episode, kicking ass right and left. And, you know, you don't worry about her, even though she's supposedly the damsel in distress or anything. And even when she's tied up, she's constantly scheming. Looks like Mako Nguyen has so much fun with this role. And just some of the lines she had just made me love her even more. I don't know how much I'm supposed to love her, but I really like her. <laughs> and it was very nice seeing Lucy back. I love seeing that set. And kind of Team Awesome Force, sort of, kind of just deputized 2.0, trying to crack the authentication code. I thought that was a fun bit. But yeah, I'm confused at the end when seeing Dutch suddenly emerge from the green because she's been a figment in Johnny's imagination for so long. And then when she finally emerged, I'm like, is that actually her? I was like, what's going on? Wait, I think that's what they were going for, Annie. So good job. Yeah, because I am easily (laughs) the most gullible viewer in the history of viewing. So, you know, they can fool me quite a lot. But I was surprised because the way the episodes are structured, I was like, oh, we're just going to go back inside the green next episode or something, right? But the fact that they didn't, I was like, are we going to find out what happened between Dutch and the lady? There's a lot of, like like I said, hanging threads here. So I'm interested to see what happens next. What What about you, Chris? Before I get started too much, I have to say I am upset at the minimal amounts of Dutch we've gotten both this week and last she was in this episode a decent amount. Sort of. Sort of. Compared to last week. Come on. Yes, more than last week, but it's still not enough. Fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's like a smidgen I more. was actually surprised how much she was in this episode, given the fact that she was just a figment of Johnny's imagination. But go ahead. I'm sorry. But with with that complaint made, I still really like this episode, although I do agree with you, Stephanie, that it is not as tight as the first two. I don't want to say there's too much going on. I don't know. It's it's a I little... liked each three storylines a lot, but I just I don't know. They just didn't quite have enough room altogether or something like that. I don't I, I don't know quite exactly how to phrase it. That's the best way I can phrase it. They they need a little more space. I think. It was a busy episode. Yeah, it was a busy episode. It was a busy episode, and that goes to my next point that there is always so much going on that it feels like you don't really have time to miss the characters who aren't there. Until, like, the episode ends and then you're like, ah, but we didn't really get 
any Anila and really pretty little Dutch. I mean, yes, she makes appearances to Johnny, but it's not really her or is it? I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those things. And I love that Johnny has manifested Dutch as the voice of his true self. I thought that was great. I thought that was well done and felt true. I was surprised at myself for getting really anxious about Lucy's, like, reset. Because, mm-hmm. like, what if our Lucy never came back? Yeah, that thought occurred to me. Like, I didn't think that was going to happen, but the worry was there. I worried, too. I'm like, what if what if she starts from scratch and she has to relearn how to be the fully formed AI that she we know and love? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, too, had that worry. What if sassy pants Lucy was not going to come back? <laughs> But I know she, she doesn't, doesn't wear, wear pants. pants. I know, Lucy. <laughs> I know you're a ship. But still, <laughs> it was a concern. I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. I have a full set of pants. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> for, for our <sighs> listeners, I feel like you should all know that Stephanie often records pantsless. <laughs> It's Return of Pantsless Podcasting Stephanie today, actually. I was going to mention that later. (laughs) I've ruined the surprise. Y'all, y'all, I've been in school. My class ended yesterday. I feel fancy free. Fancy Lee was not in this episode. Otherwise, I would have made (laughs) an allusion to him right now. It's a new character, fancy free. (laughs) This is not evil twin, because that doesn't sound like a particularly evil name, but... (laughs) It, it's hot in Texas. It's real. It, I just got back from the gym. I was disgusting and sweating. So I took a shower and I'm sitting here in my undies and it's lovely. It feels like I'm I, back. That The picture is so complete in my head. It's just great. Thank you. I am wearing a shirt, just to be clear. <laughs> Had we recorded this yesterday as originally intended, I would have been in my pajamas, but that is not the case. So I am fully dressed. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am still in my pajamas and I need a shower. So that's about where yes! I am. Or as Johnny says, so sticky. <laughs> anyway, to, to finish my review before this gets even further out of hand, I've got to say, pregnant Delsea smashing guards with one hand on her belly was great and I love it. Also, Delsea, ton of great lines this episode. I also kind of love her, even though she's terrible. She's she's wonderfully terrible. But yeah, this episode has left me worried. <laughs> I felt like that went all over the place. <laughs> That's okay. So where do we want to start? Do we want to start with Delsea's storyline? Or let's start with Delsea's storyline, since you were just talking about her. And I feel like that's the most straightforward one of these three. It is, because it's Delsea gets herself in a jam, and then Delsea gets herself out of the jam. <laughs> yes. I love jam. Okay. <laughs> I should we had the reminder from Evil Holland Johnny that Delsea, you know, she has a rocky past on this show, and she's not exactly somebody who should be trusted. I'm glad that they reminded us, yes, she killed Potter. She is an evil mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they are not trying to whoopify her as yet. But at the same time, it's so easy to root for her in this episode. And 
I'm curious where they're going with her character, but it's just like the more I see of Delsea, the more I want Delsea. And that is like the one benefit I think to Dutch being in this episode a little bit less is there was room for Delsea and Delsea needs a lot of space. <laughs> Before we continue, I feel like we should define Wubify yeah, for those is- listeners who are not on Tumblr, including okay. me. Chris, why don't you hit us up with a definition? Uh, a loose definition, because I have nothing prepared in front of me. To to whoopify a character is often... It's often a character who is, at best, morally gray. And usually, like, a dark moral gray. <laughs> and fandom tends to whoopify these characters, which is to have, like, squishy feelings for them and try and excuse their behavior because they f- have fondness for said character. It very often happens for, like, cute dudes <laughs> oh, <laughs> who ew. are also kind of bad guys, and then, like, a certain segment of fandom will, quote-unquote, whoopify said bad dude. Because he's, cause he's whoop, cute. Whoop, how do you spell it? W-O-B? W-O-O-B-I-F-Y. Whoopify. Okay, what does the whoop mean? Like a wolf? <laughs> No, I, I have no idea what the etymology of Wubify is, Annie. Okay, th- thank you for explaining. So yes, I don't think that they have done that quite with Delsea, though she is very entertaining to watch, so they're maybe walking a bit of a line with her. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like she's on maybe a redemption arc. We'll see. We'll see. I always kind of feel like she's only doing it for her own aims. You know what I mean? Sure. Oh, yeah. for sure. Dulcea's priority is Dulcea at all times and always has been. So I think that at least is a consistent note in this. I think she is gradually like expanding her concern to people that she kind of cares about. <laughs> so or at least she are somehow connected to her, maybe not by her choice. <laughs> yeah. And yes. and I think she's like, well, I need them for now so I can get out of here. Although I did really love that moment when she hugged B and she seemed surprised by the action and she goes, Oh, maybe this paternal thing is happening or something. Well she didn't hug B. B hugged her. Oh, that's she, right. she was sort B of like her. Yeah, yeah. grabbed her by the arms in a in a sort of fond way. <laughs> and then B surprised her with a hug. I don't know if you guys saw, but Adam Barkin, who is currently the Killjoy's showrunner, tweeted he was talking about how in the writer's room, they all have sort of conflicting ideas about Delsea and, and varying levels of fondness and like, oh, I, I love her, but I just saying. can't help it. That sort of thing to, you know, she's evil. <laughs> so they, they also have the, like the full range of emotions towards Delsea. But I think that's kind of a common feeling. It's like, I like her, but... Mm-hmm. Like, like, would I trust her? Probably not. <laughs> well, and, and honestly, I think that's fine. If you have a character who's done bad things, they can still be an entertaining character to watch without trying to excuse their bad behavior. Oh, for sure. You, you know, st- still, like, making sure the audience knows this is still a bad person. We recognize they did this bad thing and they still need to redeem themselves or, or whatever. They might not be interested in redeeming themselves. So I think it's quite possible for you to have both a bad guy a bad woman and a entertaining character and that's where delsa is for me like i recognize she's terrible she's not nice but she's very entertaining i love watching her mako when 
is so great in that role, and she looks amazing. They're doing something different with her makeup this season, I think, but I think she looks great. Like, she's always looked amazing, but she looks particularly amazing this season, I think. Well, I just, I'm wondering, though, do you think motherhood will change Delsea and bring out this unexpected maternal side, or is she just going to go, uh, not there? We'll find out soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm super curious to see where this is going to go with her, because clearly... She's linked to Davin. She's linked to Johnny. These are people we care about. We don't want them to be harmed by her. But there's the tension from stuff she's done in the past. It, it's interesting to me. And she's mm-hmm. just so much fun. I, I did really like that moment where she was waking up and the she was like, oh, Anila, that tickles. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> girlfriend feelings. So it's going to say oh, she yeah, is caring for girlfriend's going to baby, the planet so. if anything happens. So, yeah, it's like green queens are still kind of evil. And that's Evil. something that I felt was missing a little bit for me, because we had that Juno guy, the warden guy, taunting her with, oh, where's this Anila now? So trying to get at nobody's coming for you. And I think at this point, I'm ready to see how Delsea feels about that now that Dutch is back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to know what she's thinking about the fact that Anila is still gone. Like, what does she think about the fact that her girlfriend is still AWOL? Maybe next episode. And one of the best lines of the episode, don't villain-splain me, honey. And I'm like, oh my god, I love you so much. <laughs> I also really liked when the warden was all like, should my ears be burning? And then she's like, light a match, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, no sassy pants Lucy, but plenty of sassy pants Delsea. But speaking of sassy pants Lucy, we had backup team offs in force. Team Awesome Force Jr. going after Lucy. <laughs> Pre and Pip would make terrible killjoys for realsies, but <laughs> their deputizing scene was very entertaining, I must say. <laughs> and Zeph's all excited about saying the whole pledge. <laughs> I love that dynamic between her and Turin. Turin's just so yeah. gruff and no nonsense, and Zeph is so enthusiastic, and I just. <laughs> I really, really have enjoyed Zeph as an addition to the main cast of characters. Speaking of, Kelly McCormack also looked amazing in this episode. I love that outfit on her. She looked great. Would you like to take this opportunity to to promote your hashtag, Stephanie? Okay, Chris, y- you are not prepared for this. Okay, so. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm eager for it. I'm alarmed. Okay. What's happening? <laughs> I feel like I'm taking, I'm going to take a tack here, which I have used on Supergirl to some ex- success, is I'm just kind of going to ignore stuff that's going on and, and just pretend <laughs> that what is, what is, seems like such a good possibility in my mind is actually feasible. Because I just feel like there's, there's a tiny little lesbian sitting on my shoulder. No, that sounds creepy. I'm the lesbian. I'm the lesbian who is saying, <laughs> who is sitting on your own shoulder. Okay. <laughs> I am the lesbian who is saying, I feel like Zeph would just be happier if she got herself a nice girlfriend. Because Mm -hmm. not that there's anything wrong with having a mostly physical relationship with a person of any gender. I don't begrudge Zeph that. Go for it, honey. You do you. Or do whatever. (laughs) Make your own decisions. You're an adult. However... You know, I'm just I'm just thinking if you're interested in not something that's not that that serious and kind of casual, there was a very attractive dominatrix lady who was in the episode last week. I missed her. I know, who I feel like maybe could 
there could be a possibility there. I mean, she's employed. She <laughs> has great taste in clothes. Uh, she has, a, you know, a complicated worldview. And I just feel like she could possibly be a good match for Zeph. Yeah, X Scarback sounds really sexy. Yes, yes, exactly. She could probably be into the whole no strings attached thing, if that is mm -hmm. what you are, are in for, Zeph. And I just feel very strongly that this would be a good opportunity for her. So I, somebody else on Tumblr agrees with me. Thank you very much. There is already fan fiction what? by a flawed fashion. It is called Nerds Enjoy Sex 2 on AO3. <laughs> <laughs> And <laughs> my ears pricked up. And so that's that's what the Beaverino has to say about that. <laughs> Plus, we know that Fruza, being a former Scarback, can really wear a cape. A quality to look for in any person. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag priorities. <laughs> Hashtag priorities. Hashtag get Zephyr girlfriend, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they did think it was interesting. Someone, I was reading a review of this episode, and someone said, well, that's typically what a male character does, is just, you know, have casual sex with another character, because it helps them think, kind of thing. She said it was a nice switch to see that kind of behavior assigned to a female, I guess. Zeph, <sighs> I'm just loving her more and more, but I am. I was really worried at the same time when she was talking about, okay, Pip, come on, I need to think, and I'm like, but he's got a spider thing in him. Maybe she's into that. I don't know. That's true. <laughs> but it was great seeing Zeph being de facto leader on the mission mm -hmm. since she was, you know, such a rookie last season. It was nice to see her being the one saying, you know, oh, you go right, you go left, I'm going here. It's like, yeah, Zeph, you, you take charge and wield a weapon with confidence. Mm -hmm. That's attractive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unlike Pip, who is totally me, like firing everywhere randomly. And then later he's like, I don't know the words to this song. And I'm like, that's so me. That Pip was me as a killjoy. If I was ever made one, I'd be a very bad one. I am pre sucking my teeth disdainfully. <laughs> <laughs> he, he deserved that. Yeah. I did love the bits where they were all impersonating Dutch and Johnny and trying their best, and it just wasn't flying. <laughs> Pre's Dutch was excellent, I will say. Yes, yes. <laughs> Feel the leather pants. And I'm like, again, personally, I would make a very bad Killjoy, because all of these worlds, you know, with all these characters, you know, whether it's Lost Girl, Killjoys, Orphan Black, where so many people wear leather pants, I cannot do the leather pants. Too sweaty. Well, see, that you need to take my advice, Annie, and feel the feel pants. Feel the pants. I just feel, feel the pants. The pants okay. <laughs> but it was funny. I, I mentioned that on uh, Twitter, going, yeah, I just can't do the leather pants. And I put a gif of what's his name from Friends with the leather pants with the baby powder all over him. Ross. Ross. Is that Ross? Yeah, that was Ross. Yeah. And then I forgot that Adam Barkin follows me. And he replied, well, you could just do pre. And he sends me this glorious head to toe shot of pre in one of his, you know, wraparound, you know, when he's wearing one of his, uh, like. Oh, leather skirts? Yeah. No, well, it was kind of, no, more like a velvety thing. But yeah. Oh, and I was okay. like, oh, yes, pre. I could do pre. I'll just be a pantsless, badly shooting killjoy. I did not say be pantsless on the job. I do not recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pre could do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Sure. Well, Pre can do most things wearing pretty much anything. Or nothing. Okay, so since we're talking about these scenes, I have to mention that we found out something about Johnny. (laughs) He has what is essentially an old model sci-fi smartphone that has fan fiction saved to it. In addition to tiny ship makeovers and apparently a lot of robot porn. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, of course he does. (laughs) Yeah. I bet Johnny has this Zeph and Feruza Mm -hmm. fanfic saved to his PDD. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I bet he's writing some, too. (laughs) (laughs) I bet he's writing a lot of Lucy Johnny fanfic, too. Hashtag juicy. Yep. (laughs) Hashtag juicy. (laughs) That could be awkward. That could be awkward. What if Lucy found... Actually, Lucy would probably be fine with it. Yeah, she'll be fine <laughs> Am I kidding? <laughs> it was nice getting a glimpse into old Johnny, since we had to deal with jerkface Helen Johnny mm. in this episode. And I just gotta say, like, thank goodness Dav was wearing body armor, because he was just mm. a darn fool for the entire rest of the episode. It's like, finally, Dav, you did something sensible. Yeah, I... I, I couldn't figure out the entire episode. I'm kind of like, why are you turning your back on Johnny? Hmm. Something is clearly wrong still. This seems like a terrible plan, Dav. I mean, he let Johnny put a spike in the back of his neck. Well, I don't which, know if it was let, because all of a sudden Johnny just does it, and I don't know. Well, he turned his back to him. He seemed pretty accepting of oh, it. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, because like, he put it in there... And then, like, they're talking about it, and then Johnny pushes it in further, and Dav didn't take it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Why? I, would, I wouldn't let him do that. But he took it out eventually, so. Took him long enough. I know. Because <laughs> Hull and Johnny got what he wanted, because they found the green pool, and that's when he took the, took the thing out. It looked like a meat thermometer. It was <laughs> it was not good. Ow. And I was actually, I was appreciative. They put in the little flashback of one of Johnny's little probes that he was sending throughout space trying to find green pools at the beginning of season three? Yes. When was, mm-hmm. Yeah, beginning of season three. It's like, oh, that's what that was. The first time, too, I didn't make the connection, but it was one of his probes that he sent trying to find green pools. That's what he stuck in the back of, of Davin's thing. Like, I understood that what it was supposed to do, but I didn't make the connection that he was the one who built it for some reason. Mm. Thanks, little previously on Killjoy's montage. You did a good job. Which normally you don't like, but yeah, that helped me, too, because I was like, wait, yeah. where did this probe come from? And it took me a minute. But like you were saying, Chris, I did really appreciate the Johnny and Dutch conversations with each other. Like you said, you had Johnny kind of projecting Dutch as his true self, and because I, I feel like Dutch would do the same thing. Right. And I feel like the show has made a big point in the past of that part being true. So I feel like this is kind of a, maybe not a revelation, but maybe confirmation of something that we kind of thought to be true, but they hadn't explicitly said that the opposite is also true. We knew that Johnny was that for Dutch. They've said before several times that that's the case, but I don't know that they've ever explicitly said that Dutch is also the the grounding touchstone type for Johnny. I don't know. I'm worried about how 
Johnny is going to react to real Dutch when she wakes up. So we'll see. This episode did a little bit to resolve a tiny story thread. You know, we got Dutch out of the green space somehow. Yeah. But she's not awake. And I'm super intrigued by the fact that she just shot Johnny. No question. Just shot him. Well, she saw the boys in peril and I don't know. I'm surprised I'm sitting there going, wait, how come she came out of the green with a weapon? But she went in with the green with her usual weapon, I guess. So came out with that. But I'm like, Johnny had just thrown a gun into the green. Oh, yeah. It could theoretically be the same thing. Also, the green crystallizes as Dutch comes out of it. So I'm like, does Dutch have powers over the green now? Or Well, and another question, are we sure it's Dutch? Yeah, mm. that is a question. Because it sounded like and looked like at the end of episode one of the season, Dutch was being infected with something. So like, could be the lady? I was really surprised because I was like, wait, what is Dutch doing out of the green? I thought we had to wrap up this whole story in the green of what was happening to Dutch and she was in peril. And yeah, if that is Dutch, I'm very surprised that she kind of just came out of nowhere. Well, and the whole thing, too, is that the lady apparently wants out of the green and the knowledge of Dutch was apparently key to that happening, possibly. Dutch is mere existence, you know. It could be Dutch infected by the lady. Could it be Anila? We don't really mm. get a sense of her before we see her unconscious. And again, she shot Johnny without question. <laughs> I want to get back to that because I feel like it's not that clearly Dutch has shot Johnny before, but she had no context for what was happening. Maybe she could sense the green in him. I don't know. So I am... I'm curious if we'll get a revisit as to if that was Dutch, like why she was willing to do that. But I just feel that just feels significant to me that she just shot him without even thinking about it. Oh, for sure. But I do have a lot of questions about stuff, too, just because, like, we don't really know how the green works. So there are certain things that they could explain <laughs> Maybe she sensed that he was Holland now and so knew it wouldn't be, quote unquote, that bad if she shot him. Right. Right. Yeah. And the fact that she managed to come out of the green that they were next to, as if there was some sort of homing beacon summoning her. Because hmm. that's the thing, like, she didn't go into the green there. So I also have questions about how the green works in, in that context, because it seems like Dutch functionally used the green as a teleporter, right? Which we've seen Anila do before, but before she's always emerged from the same pool that she went into. Right. Mm. When we saw, like, the flashbacks of her when she was trapped in the cube in the bathtub and things like that. One can maybe draw the conclusion that Anila has done that before since she managed to get out of the cube that Klein had put her in, and Klein couldn't figure out how she managed to do that. But still. Yeah, this is not a thing that we've really seen before. Maybe Dutch just came out of the green at that point because she is was trying to find Johnny and that was kind of like her homing beacon. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I think that is implied that that's what happened. But also, I, I don't know that that's a thing that we knew could happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, because I feel like we weren't 100% right in our prediction last time, but we weren't 100% wrong either. I do feel like Johnny being Holland, getting himself 
to the green was important to if this actually is that, you know, pulling her out of the green space. But for sure, we did not expect it to happen like that. Right. It seemed more likely based on what we'd seen before that Johnny would maybe go into the green in order to interact with the Dutch. Because that's a thing that we've seen before is they can communicate through the green. But yeah, I have questions. <laughs> well, and there's also that other weird thread where they, they had that Zeph had that reprogrammed Hullen soldier and he kept trying to shoot himself saying she's coming. And I'm like, is it the lady? Does yes. everybody mm-hmm. in the green know who the lady is and what the threat is? What is so creepy about her? You know, Unsettling. But you remember that's where they left off in season three was that the lady was coming. And so that's when they found the other Hullen soldiers in the um, necropolis. Remember, and they found one with a self-inflicted wound. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But there was that that important moment, that significant look that Turin gave to Mm. the Holland doll that Zeph had kind of revived. I was like, what are you in your hair plotting? Yeah. What are you going to do? (laughs) Something, obviously. This does not feel, this does not feel good. So we have, you know, we have the thread about Dutch being out of the green, but not awake. If it is Dutch, I'm assuming it's a Dutch, but I just want to throw it out there. It could be Anila. So we have that. We have that that moment with with Turin and the doll. We have Johnny is still Hollandish and not well mentally. He's not doing well. So how are they going to resolve that thread? And then we had the the spooky moment that Pip had with the spider, and I, and that was also in the previous on Killjoys. I thought you would appreciate that they stuck that in there with the spider coming out of the mouth, Annie. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. <laughs> my favorite thing um, and then we have of course they'll say apparently going to have a baby we'll see what that's going to look like next episode I'm guessing so can one of Lucy's bunks convert into a Hullen slash magic baby nursery really quick Lucy's very so suddenly all of a sudden she's got a full house she's been empty and now all this stuff's happening I mean there has been a birth in Lucy before True. in the cargo bay Lucy's probably like again I just More got clean. Goo. I know she's she's still got the Johnny's blood in the galley area, the kitchen area that needs to be cleaned up. It took me a minute to realize what was happening when when Pri stepped into into that. I was like, wait, yeah, I, what I, I, I was oh, a bit confused. that's Johnny. Oh. That's right. Yeah. And apparently, she doesn't. The air quality isn't doesn't smell very good either. So I hope she gets a a wash. Lucy needs a nice bath and a, a yeah. clean. She needs to be treated nicely. I'm sure Zeph will take care of her. And Johnny, hopefully, once he's back to normal, relatively speaking. So, yeah, I think we got a lot of interesting threads that are going to continue on into upcoming episodes for sure. And we would we'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode of Killjoys, any predictions you might have for future episodes. You can send them to killjoys at askgenretv.com. We love getting voice messages, which you can send to us in a couple of ways. Record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. Or you can call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. You can also follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at Killjoys Podcast. And I want to throw in here, if you follow us on social media, you've probably seen that we are doing a giveaway, our friends at fangirl shirts have given us a handful of stickers to give away to our listeners so if you send us feedback to include in our show and and include in there somewhere that you are interested in getting a sticker 
Uh, we will have a drawing at the end of the season. And honestly, I think your chances are probably going to be pretty good. So, <laughs> but yes, we want to hear from you and we want you to have stickers. They are, they are feminist Killjoy stickers and they're very cool and I like them a lot. And uh, thank you, Sally and Rebecca, for giving these to us to give away. The Quad is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. To find our other podcasts about Lost Girl, Orphan Black, and a few other shows, visit our website at askgenretv.com. Thank you for listening. We will see you in the Quad, or possibly the green space. Who knows? <laughs>